All right. You ready? Ready. <laughs> I love it. Biz Women Rock, episode 98. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. And this podcast features great stories from business women all over the world who have tons of information and inspiration for you on your journey. Before we get into our main interview today, we have our weekly series called Biz Women Wednesday series where we highlight a really amazing woman who's part of the Biz Women Rock community. Today I'm highlighting Cindy Allen Stuckey, who's the founder of Making Performance Matter. And her company basically collaborates with organizations and helps them develop customized people, processes, solutions, and tools that help to create a sustainable, healthy organization. She also is a lover of dogs, as you can see from her Facebook page. If you want to find out more about Cindy or you would like to be highlighted during this weekly series, just go to bizwomenrock.com. Now let's get on with the show. You're in for a treat today because my guest is Shelly Ehler, who's the founder of Show No Towels. Her towels have been featured on the Today Show and on Shark Tank. And during this interview, Shelly really opens up and shares about why she came up with the idea of the towel, how she's grown it. She really gets pretty intimate about her experience on Shark Tank, which looked wonderful and amazing on TV, but an entirely different story happened once she got off the air. And the amount of heart that this girl has is truly tremendous. So are you ready? Let's do it. Shelly, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I am so excited to have you on the show because your towel, the no-show towel, literally is what my mom had a makeshift towel for us just like that growing up. And I was so happy to see you on Shark Tank and to see like, oh my gosh, somebody's done it. Like, <laughs> you know, like somebody's really made that a real thing. That's so cool. So I'm so, so ecstatic to have you here and to be able to um, really sort of show everyone what it has really taken to build up your company all these years and definitely what your Shark Tank experience has been like and what life has been like afterwards. So, um, so just to kind of catch anyone up who did not see the show, can you... Um, can you just give us a quick little blurb as to how you got the idea of the no-show towel? Sure. So, it, for, and also, and don't worry about it either because everybody says it, it's the show no towel instead of the no-show towel. Oh no! Which but one is I it? Would, it's the show no. It's Did I say no-show? No? I'm yeah, but it's I'm okay. Staring at my notes that say show no. My goodness. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's okay because I would tell you probably. 60 to 70% of people say no show. And then there was a time when I thought, I wonder if I should switch it because everybody <laughs> says no show instead of show no. But I'm like, no, you know, I'm not going to switch it because to me, no show is like when you bail on something, when you yeah. RSVP and you don't show up, you know, oh that's, a, that's called a no show. It's like they were a no show, but a show no that's is like a Freudian, my towel. That's so. like a Freudian slip on my part. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's okay. <laughs> I would say everyone says, and I never, never correct them, but um, but I wanted to just tell you, show, I was at the, the pool. Show with my, no towel. Okay. Go. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So I was at the pool with my kids, and when it was time to leave, and they wanted to change into dry clothes, my older son asked me to 
wrap a towel around him like a tent so he could change underneath it without anyone seeing him. And so I did. So I'm holding his tent. And while I was holding his tent, my younger son wanted me to hold a tent for him. Well, I couldn't hold two tents at the same time. I only had two hands. And he was starting to melt down. And it was just kind of one of those mom moments, like, Calgon, take me away, kind of. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's all down. I can't hold two tents. And I had a headache. And it was, and I was like, gosh, I wish there was something. I remember thinking, I wish there was something I could put over them. And they could change on their own, and I wouldn't have to hold anybody's tent. And and it was interesting as well, because I looked around the pool and saw other mothers doing the same thing, holding the towels for the kids to change, or other kids just naked out in public. And I thought, you know, there really is a need for that. It might be silly, but, you know, all kids, when you're at the pool and you're at the beach, wanted to change into their dry clothes. Huh, you know, kind of not a bad thought. So I just sort of slept on it. And about four in the morning, I shot out of bed. And I literally shot up and I said, oh, my God, if I took a towel and I put a slit in it right in the middle, they could wear it. It would cover the front and their back and they could wear it like a poncho and it would be a changing towel. It's a poncho. And I go, it's a show. No. And then I just start laughing. I mean, like cracking myself up at four in the morning. And I go, that's kind of cute. You know, that's sort of clever. And then I remember thinking, just my head spinning. This is awesome. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, is it brilliant or stupid? You know, this, this could be, this could be brilliant. A towel to slit in it. Oh, this could be stupid. A towel to slit in it. I don't know. <laughs> which is it, you know? And, um, saying how that's how it was born basically. You know, this whole time I'm sitting there thinking that when it comes to inventors and inventions and products that, you know, the ones that do the best are the ones that make our lives easier. And I can't help but think that any product that gives mom at least one arm back and at least one hand, hand back is going to make it big time. And if you can get two hands back, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, and then and, and it dawned on me as well. What do they always say? The best things are the simplest. You know, the simplest ideas are the best. Well, you can't really get much simpler with a towel than a slit in it. And I didn't even realize it at the time because my initial thought was, my initial need for it was as a changing towel. But once I made them for my kids, which was actually the very next day, we went to the pool the next day with my first two prototypes, I realized this is a wearable towel. Oh, my gosh. They can dry themselves off. Oh, my gosh. It's a cover-up. You know, we're coming back. You throw it over you to keep yourself warm. Like, there are so many other applications. When you're on a boat and you can't keep it, you know, you, you're in a boat, say you're in a boat, and, and you want a towel around you to keep you warm. You have to hold your hands and wrap it around you to keep it on you. But not with a Chanel towel. You throw it over you. You sit on it and your hands free. And so, so many other things just started coming to me. Wow, it's so much more than a changing towel. And to be honest, the applications are so much bigger than that of a changing towel. The fact that a kid can get out of a bathtub and dry themselves off by themselves without mom and dad having to do it is a huge thing in, its, in itself. It really is a bath towel more than anything. And the kids that use them, for the most part, use them every day as a bath. And parents say to me all the time, I need more. This is the only towel my kids will wear. That's so and, cool. <laughs> you know, yeah, they feel like big kids because they can do it all on their own, which is pretty cool. And then you have one less naked kid running around the house, you know? <laughs> exactly. 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 So, you know, there's a big difference between um, 
somebody who has the idea and they know it's a good idea and somebody who really puts it into place and not only takes the first step to create a prototype, but really goes all the way with it. So, you know, where were you at that moment where, uh, like, what was it that really made you say, okay, I can take this to the next step. Okay, I can take this to the next step. Like, what, what were some of those progressive things that were happening that allowed you to keep on moving forward with it? Well, I'll tell you, it's hard because there is so much fear that it, that that is involved in taking that first step. And so I can relate to so many people who are struggling and who are stuck in that space. But I, what I can tell you exactly what happened to me was this. Um, right after I had this idea, this is, in, this is the same night I have the idea. I, I jump up after I have the idea. I Google it because my first thought is someone's got to be doing this. This is too simple. And when I jump online and realize that really no one is making a towel to slim it for bigger kids. They're making smaller hoodie towels, those type of hoodies, but those are for toddlers and babies. They're not making them for bigger kids. And I realized in that moment it was special and I knew it was meant for me. My heart just said, I said, good kids, why is this not out there? And my heart just said, because it's for you. For me? Yeah, for you. Mm. And I started, and my, and I just started thinking, wow, this is incredible. What was I given? Something so simple. I can sew. I, I was, I was given a towel with a slit in it. I can do that. And as I started getting excited, and started thinking of all the applications, and started thinking, this is my big break. It was interesting because. I started hearing, first, you know, I'm, I'm just coming from my heart, hearing the voice of my heart, giving me all these ideas and all this inspiration. And then all of a sudden, a party crasher comes in. And that, to me, I call the voice of my head. Mm. And the voice of my head, my ego starts talking to me saying, really? <laughs> Shelly, really? I mean, stop one second. Let's just sum this up. Okay. Number one, you have no money. Number two, you have no connections. Number three, you have no idea what the hell you're doing. So let's, let's get off this party train. You need a real job. And let's get back to, to, to reality. You know, Shelly, I'm, so ha- I'm so happy that you talk about that because that exists. And I think some of us want to pretend it doesn't. Um, yeah. Or we let it completely overrule us. And we let, yes. it, we let it, you know, take over our decision making. Or... We pretend it doesn't exist, but it's really creeping in there and it's actually making us move a lot slower than what we should be moving. So, you know, what? how did you really deal with that? Well, it stopped so many people and, and it could have stopped me in that moment. And thankfully, what I heard within, because I heard that and, and I said logically, you know what? It's true. All those things were true. I had no money. I had no idea. And I didn't have any idea what the hell I was doing. But I heard my heart so clearly say, you know what, Shelly? It doesn't matter. Listen, you dream it, you believe it, and you give me the how. Don't, don't worry about it. Too many people are stuck on the how. They never move forward because they're worried about the how. When in reality, the how is the easy part. When you take one step forward in faith, your how will appear. Mm. And I went, what? Yeah. Just take one step forward in faith, and you'll be given every single thing that you need along the way. That's just what I heard was then. It's what my heart was telling me. And I said, okay, I can do that. The hard part is the dreaming and the believing. The believing so completely that you do not let any doubt slip in. When you believe something so complete, anything's possible. So I said, okay, I can do that. I'm strong enough. I can dream it and believe it enough. And I know in faith my how will appear. And that's exactly what I did. I made my first prototype that day 
at like five in the morning, I was at my sewing machine. <laughs> we were at the pool later that afternoon with our, with our towels. And I had five people come up to me and say, what is that? Where did you get that? That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And can I have one for my kids? And I just went, wow. And it was incredible because just as I heard and just as I knew within, everything was given to me. That You know, I had no money. I started my business on $0, 100% faith. But when I went to go looking for towels, they were on sale that day. And when I needed sewing supplies, I found a 50% coupon in my mailbox to Joanne's that day. You know, that's the way it appeared for me. And when I wanted to get a patent on my towel, I was done. I had everything go, but I wanted to see if I could get a patent, some type of protection. But how do I get a patent when I have no money? Well, a new neighbor moved in down the street, three houses down from me. And just as I was moving and she was moving in, I went down to welcome her to the neighborhood like I did everybody. And I said, hello, I want to welcome you. We're actually having a going away party. Why don't you and your family come and, and, and meet everybody? It'd be a great opportunity for you. She comes over. We start chatting. She's complimenting my drapes and this and that. She's complimenting my, my, my furniture. And there are a couple things around the house, some furniture I couldn't take and the drapes I couldn't take. And I said to her, so tell me what you do. And she says, I'm a patent attorney. Oh, I love it. And my head just spins, and I said, and, she, and, and, and I said, you could, you're going to think I'm totally nuts right now. I said, but I have a towel, and I need a patent on it, and you said that you really like this furniture, and you really like these drapes. Would you be interested in trading it for a patent? Look at you and hustling said, it. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And she did, and I traded my patent for drapes. So there's always a way. You know, when you look at yourself, and you go, yeah, but I don't have money. I didn't either don't don't use that as an excuse there's always a way when you step forward in faith so fairly early on um you know after creating this and moving forward you got onto the show shark tank um can you talk a little bit about why you decided to go in that direction or how that ended up coming into your lap sure i what was funny is i had no no interest in being on that show whatsoever and um i one of my best friends from college had been hounding me for over a year. You know, you need to be on that show. You should be on that show. You should. And I don't really watch a lot of TV, so I had no idea what she was talking about. So <laughs> I watched it on YouTube one day, and I watched an episode, and I was, like, so full of anxiety just watching it. You know, stuff like that gives me major anxiety. And I go, oh, my gosh, there's no way. I called her first. I said, that show's terrible. I said, why would you think I would ever want to do that? Go on. They're going to think I'm a joke. I've got a towel to slit in. I don't know anything about business. I'm going to I'm gonna look like a fool. There's no way. And she laughed. She said, Shelly, you'd be great. They'll love you, blah, blah. You, you need to do this. It's going to be great exposure for you. I said, no, Tiff, I have no interest. But Shelly, you need to apply for it. Well, I'll think about it, you know. And then she texted me about once a month, have you applied to Shark Tank? <laughs> no, Tiffany, I have no interest in being on that show. It gives me anxiety. Shelly, blah, 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 back and forth, back and forth. And it wasn't just her. It was like people, friends, um, new business contacts. I would run into someone at least once a week that would see my product and say, God, this would be perfect for that show Shark Tank. And I'd be like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've heard it before. I've heard it before. And it was funny because um, I ended up getting my product on the Today Show, which was just like super exciting and so cool. How did that and happen? Five, yeah. Um, well, I sent towels to the I sent towels to the Today Show. I just sent them. Wow. You know, and I was watching the Today Show one day, like folding laundry probably, and I saw um, a gal named Bobby Thomas who does a segment on Hoda and Kathy Lee, 
And she has a segment called Bobby's Buzz, and she always highlights her favorite products. And one day she did Bobby's Buzz for kids. And I was like, well, why couldn't this be one of Bobby's favorite products for kids? It's perfect for kids. So I sent a letter, and I sent it off to the Today Show. And stuff like that is not hard to do. Just Google the address, you know. And, and, and I send off some towels with a nice letter. And about four months later, I got a phone call from the Today Show that said, we love your product. We're doing a segment of Moms with Good Ideas for Bobby's Buzz. Can we feature your product? Oh, wow. So that was really the big thing that got this huge ball rolling from my towel. And after I was on the Today Show, um, five days later, I got a, a phone call from my friend named Debbie. And she said, because I was asking all my friends on Facebook to share it and tweet it and this and that type of stuff. And so she said, um, my friend Debbie said, well, you're not going to believe this. She said, but one of my friends from Facebook um, saw your Today Show thing. And she, she is actually a casting director for Shark Tank. And she thinks that this would be a good product. There's an open casting call at the end of the week, and she wants you to come. And she said, have you ever heard of that show? And I said, oh, God, Debbie, not you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so sick of hearing it. You know, you you always hear that saying, like, the universe is going to continue to tell you the message over and over again until you finally get it, you know? (laughs) That's it. That's it. And I finally realized I got the phone with her, and she said, well, would you consider it? I said, I'll consider it. I said, let me call you back tomorrow. I need to think about this. I really have no interest in being on TV. And I said, but let me think about it. And I got the phone, and I thought, you know, Shelly, what's one thing you know that when something keeps showing up in your life over and over and over and over, the universe is trying to give you a message. Mm -hmm. So... You know, what could it hurt? What could it hurt? And so I ended up going, and it was like I was pretty much cast on the spot. It was pretty Mm -hmm. awesome. Now, your actual segment that aired um, was very powerful, and it was really unique in the sense that Um, you know, you showed up there, you were very impassioned about what you did, you told them your story, you were very authentic, but you were very clear with them that you had only, you know, had about $15,000 in sales up until that point. Um, A few sharks immediately were like, "Eh, there's no proof of concept quite yet, no thank you. But then you had three sharks who basically fought life and death over you. And not only did they fight over you, they they gave you and all three of them offered you more money than what you had asked so um, what, what was going on in your mind when that started taking shape? Oh, my God. I was so blown away. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really incredible because not that many people that go on the show end up having them fight over them, but have them get an offer better than they wanted asking for. That doesn't, it happens occasionally, but not that often. And I knew it was just grace. I knew it was just. I was overwhelmed. I felt so um, blessed and grateful. And I just, I really left there and I couldn't stop crying. I, I, it was just, it was an incredible moment. One of the most wonderful moments ever um, to have that happen to me. And, and to, to know it was just such a validation, you know, um, such validation and, and not just my concept, but in me as a person as well. Um, I felt so supported and loved, and it was it was really awesome. I, I felt very blessed to have that happen to me. Now, you had to make a choice between uh, Damon, Lori, and Mark, and each one of them really came to the table with something very different. I mean, Lori definitely had the QVC kind of mass, you know, production type of um, – of opportunities. Damon was starting to spurt out like all the different connections with retail he had, which was very impressive. And Mark's just one of those guys like you want to do a deal with Mark no matter what, because he's awesome and just so brilliant. So, you know, how did you make that final decision? 
Well, I really went in, um, in my heart wanting to do a deal with Lori. And it, I, I had no idea who Lori was. Um, this was her first season. And my producers called me four days before I pitched and said, you are pitching to Lori Grenier and Mark Cuban. She gave me all the sharks. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was kind of, I thought Barbara was going to be there, obviously. I didn't know about Lori Grenier, a new shark coming in. And I kind of thought that I could probably get Barbara interested and Dana interested. Uh, and so they were both my targets. And then when I heard Lori Grenier, I was disappointed for a second because I thought, oh my gosh, who is this? I don't know anything about her. And I thought I could get Barbara. But once I started researching her, I thought, oh, she's the queen of QVC. Oh my gosh. And it felt just completely divine to me that she was there for a reason on my episode for a reason. And um, I just kind of read her mission statement and it seemed to just kind of fit with my mission statement. And we, I just, before even meeting her, I felt like we clicked. And then the minute I walked, and it was interesting because the night before I had a dream I completely saw me doing a deal with her. It was really bizarre. But when I walked in there, I saw her and knew instantly she was the one. We just, our energy just connected completely. She completely got me right off the bat and I completely got her. And um, I knew that that's, that's just the way it needed to go. Um, it was so, it was scary when, for me, when she had said, I will um, give you, um, she said, I'll, I'll get, she wrote me a check for $50,000 and she handed me this check for $50,000. And then Damon said, um, you know, I'll match it. And then Mark said, I'll give you 75. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? Because I never really thought Mark Cuban would be interested. And so he was, I never even thought about it. And now all of a sudden I'm having to think, 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 wait a minute, Mark Cuban, but what could he offer me? You know, I didn't really, I hadn't really thought through the, the, the idea of doing a deal with Mark Cuban, but he was giving me the best offer. And I, am I going to look like a total fool if I turned down $75,000 for 50000 You know, I don't want to look like an idiot. And then, so it was really, really hard. So I was grateful when Lori said, you know what, I'll match that at seventy five, And I was like, phew, because <laughs> I thought I'm going to get, you know, people are going to tell me I'm a big fool for going with her at a lesser amount. Um, but my heart just told me that I was supposed to work with her. I knew it right away. I felt an incredible energy connection with her. And there was, I never in that moment really considered doing a deal with Damon or Mark. It just wasn't even an option for me. So once the deal actually happened, once you literally physically had that check in your hand, generally speaking, kind of what happens after the fact is there is this due diligence period. I'm assuming that that actually still did happen, even though you really, you know, she had given you the money already. What what was that immediate aftermath like as far as you two kind of establishing working together? Yeah, I did have to go through a due diligence period and center my financials and those type of things. Um, and I did. And um, we started working together right away. We, you know, she drafted a contract um, pretty quickly within a few months and we got to working together. It's, you know, it's not always what you see on TV. Um, my deal wasn't the one that I got on TV. And the truth is I didn't even get to cash that check to be totally honest with you. Um, what ended up happening? So it's it's sitting in, in my office drawer. Um, <laughs> Framed. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I don't. I thought about framing it at one point, but it, it's it. There's still a part of it that's hurtful to me, so I don't want to frame it. I don't want to look at it, but I don't want. It's. I still have it. 
it just I when I look at it and I see it, I there's times when I feel duped by it. So um, I was just told not to cash it and um, and that the deal was going to work differently and and then when it worked differently, it just turned out to not have. Um, I can't really get into the specifics of it because of all the confidentialities that I signed, but it just. I didn't end up getting um, the money from it, unfortunately. Well, and, you know, I it's interesting that you bring that up because there have been a handful of women that I've talked to who said that um, one of two things happened. Either they, you know, ended the, sh- the show ended and whatever deal that they did make on air didn't actually go through at all. Or yeah. what you're saying, which is, you know, we ended up having – uh, we made this deal on air, but then we, you know, something changed and it ended up being a completely different kind of a deal. You know, as much as you want to talk about it, I mean, did was it a mutual decision just to kind of like renegotiate exactly what that looked like? Or what were kind of some of the major components as to why that did get renegotiated? No. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> she, war- she warned me about it on before. There he is. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Someone must have walked by. <laughs> um, so, um, was it was it mutual? No. Uh, um, you know, when, when she said we need to kind of renegotiate this and, and do things this way, I was just so open to doing anything. I felt so excited and blessed. I was like, whatever you want. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I just trust you. I just trust you. Whatever, whatever. And so... Um, and so I, a couple of different, you know, scenarios were brought, be, were brought before me and I sort of picked, I thought, the best option at the time. Um, but at that point, I think I really knew at that point it was kind of made up for TV. At least my deal was. I feel that way, you know, um, unfortunately. But, um, but I'm grateful for the experience and I'm super grateful, you know, for the, the time that I got with Lori. Um, she did give me a lot of her time, I'll tell you that. But to me, I just feel personally that um, the whole check thing and the whole that part was a little bit of a TV stunt, kind of. Uh, made it really sexy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so does that mean that you you negotiated a deal and now kind of the terms are different, or did did that mean like the deal didn't actually go through and you're no longer working with her? We did sign a contract, but we both mutually agreed to end it um, about a year ago. Okay. And so um, I just, neither of us were, um, were taking money from each other. And, um, and I'm super grateful to Lori for that. And, um, but it, it just came to a point that if you, Lori is a, is a QVC person. If you don't really have a QVC product, um, you know, there's not really a whole lot that, that there, for me at least in that space, there wasn't a whole lot that I felt that she had to offer me. And I felt like staying connected to her personally, for me, I felt like I kept thinking she was going to help me and I felt like I was connected to false hope. So I think I needed to just end that chapter and say goodbye to her so I could move on. Because in my heart, I kept thinking, yeah, but she's going to help me. Yeah, but she's there. Yeah, but she's going to help me. And she wasn't. And it was really hard and hurtful, and I just couldn't get past it while I was still connected to her. Being connected to her was really hard for me. It was very, very difficult, and I had to, unfortunately, say goodbye to her so that I could move on. It was it was rough. Yeah. Well, and you bring up a really good point that I think a lot of inventors have to go through with their product, which is seeing the evolution of its market. You know, like you had mentioned earlier 
oh, I thought that this was, you know, just for um, just, you know, seasonal and um, for water parks and things like that. But then you actually find out that, oh, wait, this is actually really good for every day and for bath. And oh, wait, I'm actually now kind of finding my, my, my market in the swim arena. And so you, you're being open with really going through those evolutions. So as where you might have thought on that day, this would be ideal for QVC, you know, perhaps in the evolution of the towel, like you're finally realizing, okay, maybe that's not the perfect place for it, but this is really the more the market for it. So you've really had to kind of go through that evolution, right? You do. And it's one of the biggest lessons I learned from the show is that just because something doesn't look like you thought it was going to doesn't mean it's wrong. Because sometimes we just have this perfect picture of how it's supposed to look and where it's supposed to be. And when it doesn't, it's like, well, that's wrong. It's wrong. You know, not necessarily. Sometimes the universe shifts and moves you this way and moves you that way because you're on the wrong path. And no, this way, no, that way, this way, that way. And, you know, that's exactly it. It's like in my head, I saw it on QBC. In my head, I saw it on Disney. In my head, I saw it here. But, you know, my head isn't the one who started this whole thing. My heart did. Mm, that's a really right? good point. Yeah. yeah. So how am I supposed to know where it's supposed to be? That's just my stupid head. My heart's <laughs> the one that's guiding me, right? And so so it's it's shifted a lot and it's and it's changed and it hasn't been easy. It's been really, really rough. I mean, I've had some crazy rough moments, moments when I literally wanted to throw in the towel. And it's like kind of cool because I have a business that I can say that. (laughs) 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 I call that a Linda Kreenitz joke. That's my mother. And she has like, you know, just these Uh, cute little quibby little jokes just like that. Throw in the towel, but um, (laughs) bump. Completely. But the cool thing is that, listen, I know in faith, I wasn't on Shark Tank to sell a towel. Okay. That's not why I was cast in the show. That's not why I was put there. That's not why I was divinely put there. I was put there to sell hope. That's why I was there. Because other people need to see that you can do it. You can have an idea. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have business experience. You don't have to have all, all, all of this marketing background, whatever. You, you, don't, you don't have to have investors. You can do this. You can do anything in faith. Put one foot in front of the next. That's why I was put on that show, to give other people hope that there's nothing that you can't do when you believe in yourself. Because after the show, I heard from thousands of other mompreneurs who just just opened to me in such beautiful ways, saying, thank God I watched you last night. I am so blessed that I watched that show last night. I saw you, and you're me, and I'm stuck, and I'm going to do this now. And I just want, you know what? Thank you, God, because that's what it was all about. It was never about a towel. It was never about a deal. It was never about a check. It was never about all this drama and crap. It was about spreading hope and inspiration to other people. And and I did it. And I feel very successful for having done that. Wow. And you've done it very, very well. Shelly, what, what have been some of the major impacts that being on Shark Tank, being on the Today Show, being in all the major media places that you have been, what effects has that had on your company? It's been incredible. I mean, my show, my towel has been on the Today Show. It's been on The View. It's been on Good Morning America. I did a steals and deals with Tori Johnson last summer, and we sold 4,500 towels in like an hour. It was oh, incredible. Wow. How cool. And yeah, and Shark Tank. And KTLA Morning News. I mean, it's just, it's been incredible the kind of exposure that I've had for this this towel. I woke up at four in the morning and said, what if I took a towel and put a slit in it? 
and in two years have gotten all this major exposure. In two years, my towel is selling in Legoland and Six Flags and Disney parks. And all this just because I believed in myself and I put one foot forward in faith. So I think it's pretty incredible. I mean, I'm probably not as far along as I would like to be, to be totally honest with you. If I had, you know, there are things that I wish I had along the way. I wish I had another partner. I wish I had funding and all that type of stuff. I know I could be farther along, but I'm doing what I know I can do on my own, you know? And so I'm growing slow and low, slow and low, (laughs) gradually, gradually, gradually doing what I can, just doing what I can and just kind of taking on a little bit more because behind it all, I'm a mom, (laughs) you know, my number one job is to my family. So I'm a mom, my number one job, and then I'm a business owner. So I do my number one job as best I can because they're my everything. And then when I'm done with that, I come to my towel. So there's just only so much that you can do, you know. You know, you mentioned before that you definitely have had you know, a handful, if not more of down moments. And my goodness, every single one of us, you know, can identify with that. Um, You know, how have you dealt with some of those low moments? Like what, what, maybe explain one of those and how you really got through it and grew from it. There have been so many that it's like, it's hard to pick from what, but one that stands out that's probably the worst. <laughs> and, I guess they all blend uh, in together, right? <laughs> oh, they do. They do. But you know, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger, right? And the thing that I know, and I'm proud of myself is, you know what? Nothing keeps me down. I always get back up. And yes, I fall, and yes, I fall, and yes, I fall. But damn it, I get back up again. And I don't just get back up again. I learn from why I fell. I always learn, and then I say thank you. I say thank you for falling. Because when you say thank you, when gratitude is your focus, you get the lesson, you get back up stronger than before. But when you fall and you blame everybody else for your falling, you know, you never get the lesson. So I I fall, I say thank you, I find my way back up, and I keep going. But one thing that happened... um, which was catastrophic to me. And and I'll tell you, if you can get through this, you can get through anything. I did a major um, manufacturing run overseas in China, and my towels came in, and they had major flaws. Um, and I felt like I had taken every precaution. Um, I had used someone that was reputable, um, that someone else I'd known had used for years, um, I got samples. I felt like I did everything right. And still, my towels came over and they were flawed. And I'm someone who is a perfectionist when it comes to my product. Um, I don't let, like, a a piece of lint out of place. You know, I pick all the lint off my towels before I ship them. So for someone like me to have something coming in flawed, knowing I'm having to ship this out, was I broke. I literally felt myself break. I felt like my bones. I felt my heart break. And I just... I'll never forget it. I went into the shower and I just laid there in pieces, sobbing. I'm in the shower and I'm sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And as I'm laying and sitting there, just feeling so sorry for myself, just sobbing, thinking, how the hell did this happen? And why does this shit keep happening to me? You know, I'm just, oh, sobbing, sobbing. And all of a sudden I hear within, Shelly, stop. Just stop. Number one, it's not as bad as you think. Number two, you're learning a really important lesson. You can't please 
everybody. I have been trying to teach you this for so long. You can't please everyone. You always want to please everybody. You're not going to this time, and it's going to be okay. And number three, you're going to be all right. You're going to be, it's not as bad as you think. You can't please everyone, and you're going to be okay. And I went, okay, okay, I, I, can, I can deal with that. And in that space, and in that faith, I stood back up again, did what I needed to do, and dealt with the situation. And it wasn't that bad. And, yeah, I got some complaints, but not that many. And it all passed. It all passed, you know? So it was pretty incredible. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Shelly, where, where do you want your company to go? Where, what's your big vision? It, my biggest vision, and I'm super excited, I signed a licensing deal for my company with the largest towel manufacturers. And they're working on getting it in, in major retail stores right now. So hopefully come next summer, and then spring and summer, you'll start seeing it in such big box stores as Target and Bed Bath & Beyond and those type of JCPenney's and Sears and those type of things. So that's my biggest vision for it. And um, my greatest dream is to be able to um, to see it succeed in that space. That would be so exciting. Nice. And we're going to um, transition into the final portion of the show, which is your favorite five. So are you ready for this? Sure. All right. So I'm going to ask you five questions of your uh, five different favorite things and just shoot off the answer that comes to your head first, okay? okay? So your favorite business tool? My favorite business tool is probably uh, my iPhone. I mean, I cannot be without it. I do everything on it. It's attached to me 24 hours a day. <laughs> I think a lot of us feel that way. Um, your favorite book? My favorite book, I uh, have so many, but the one that stands up the most is called The Four Agreements by oh, Don yeah. Miguel Ruiz. Do you, know, do you know The Four Agreements? I do. It's a great book. Yeah, it's good. It's, be impeccable with your word. Um, don't make assumptions. Don't take anything personally and always do your best. And if you can do those four things every single day, you know, it's amazing the things that you can accomplish. Mm. Okay, your favorite place for date night with your husband. Ooh, love that. Um, you know what? We just moved to a new area, and there's a um, we like to we like to go to sushi together. So there's a place here called Kabuki. So we love to go to sushi and then walk across the street to the movies. Oh, I love that. Um, and oh my gosh, I just lost the other one. Which one was it? Oh, um, your favorite TV show. My favorite TV show, right? Oh, you know, by far is, uh, is the OWN Network. I love Super Soul Sunday with Oprah, and I also love Life Class because I like watching TV that teaches and inspires you. I don't like watching meaningless TV. Um, to me, my time is so precious, and if I'm going to use it watching TV, it's going to be something that like lifts me up and inspires me, something that will teach me. So that's the only kind of TV that I really like to watch. And lastly, what is your favorite thing to do to relax? Um, I like to meditate and that's probably the most relaxing thing that I do. Um, and I try and meditate every morning if I can for at least 10 minutes or so. Um, meditation massages are always great. And I like to walk my dog, which is also relaxing to me. <laughs> well, Shelly, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your story. It's just been absolutely thank incredible. You. Thank you for having me, Katie. It's been really great. 
bizwomenrock.com forward slash 98 is where you will find all the show notes for this conversation. And I just have to point out that I was so thankful to Shelly for really um, sharing some of the not so pretty stuff that happened behind the scenes um, and just being really honest about that. I was very impressed by how heart centered and in touch with her voice that she really is. Um, I have a lot of respect for that and um, and really agree with her that it will end up leading you to where you need to go. An update from Shelly is that she is now kind of out on the speaking circuit and um, and definitely available to be able to come speak because as you can tell, she's incredibly motivational and very passionate. So if you have any interest in connecting with Shelly, all you have to do is go to the show notes page at bizwomenrock.com forward slash 98. And uh, there's a link directly to her website. You can contact her there. I hope that this conversation really touched you and gave you some really good insights into what it's truly like to build a company, all the ups and downs and everything in between what we expect versus what happens. And uh, I just thought it was such a good example of, you know, what the true journey is really like. Thank you so much for being here. I really, truly can't wait to see you on the next episode. (music) 